Hi, it's good to see you today. My name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, and we are continuing our journey through Scripture. It's our Tuesday edition. Uh, we are going to be in uh, Colossians, and we're going to finish it up, uh, chapters 2, 3, and 4. Um, if you remember, um, Paul, again, he's uh, in prison. He's writing uh, to some of the different churches. Um, he's uh, been talking about um, the preeminence of Christ. Um, he's, there's a, a, this Gnosticism that was kind of this idea that there is secret knowledge to be found. and The goal of life was to accumulate the right kind of knowledge and it would point you in the right direction and you'd get this secret wisdom that was out there. Um, and that, that's kind of applied to a lot of pagan um, uh, rituals and worships, uh, uh, worship, and uh, that obviously um, was a threat to Christianity and would kind of warp what Christianity was, that, uh, that oh, well, this can just be about us accumulating knowledge. And Paul is making the case that, no, Christ is the, the goal, right? That, that he, he, he is preeminent over all of that. Um, and so some of the language here is kind of like Gnostic language, but it's pointing people to Christ. It's not some random uh, you know, set of uh, truths out there that we can find. No, it's found in Christ and Christ alone. What you're looking for, uh, the wisdom that you're looking for is found in him, in Christ. And, uh, and so chapter two um, starts off, uh, I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you. Um, uh, I have for you and those in Laodicea and for as many who have seen my face in the flesh that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God both of the Father and of Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge so again he's saying here's the answer um, you, you, you've been searching for this well here it is this is the the mystery of God that is found through Christ. Um, now, verse four, now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. So clearly there are people that are trying to deceive and per persuade them in a different direction. Paul is pushing back against that. Um, verse eight, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Um, I, I think, um, and this is, again, this kind of philosophical stuff, but you may have heard the term, and I'm sure you have, postmodernism. Um, I believe this is a deception. Um, it is very clear. Um, postmodernism has been around for a while, and one of its main goals is to, to destroy the idea of truth. Um, and that is why you hear uh, phrases like my truth. That is uh, why our society is moving away from God. That's why our, it's uh, uncomfortable for people to say that one uh, religion is more valid than another. Um, these are things that have crept in and, and are pulling us away from the truth that the answer is found in Christ and in Christ alone. Now, that may make you uncomfortable too because we're seeped in this uh, uh, tradition, in this society. That, you know, we don't want to offend anyone by saying, no, here's what is true. Um, you, know, you, you may believe that um, you know, there are multiple ways to heaven and that there are different ways that we can 
find a secret wisdom on how to uh, to live. You know, some people try to find that through hallucinogenics. Some people try to find that through, um, you know, uh, different uh, philosophies and things like that. But the truth is that wisdom and knowledge is found only in Christ and in Christ alone. And if 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 you're going to claim to be a Christian, to believe in Scripture, um, then those other things... Um, they they do not hold the same uh, um, sway, and we should be willing to say that. Now we do that in respectful ways, and we you know you don't you don't have to you know uh, bash people who are trying to find uh, wisdom and knowledge in other uh, worldly ways. But we shouldn't just say, oh yeah, well that's good. If that works for you, great. You know what works for me is Jesus. No, we should tell them. If you're looking for truth, if you're seeking knowledge, it's only going to be found in Christ and Christ alone. And you're not going to be all that popular for saying that, but you can say that in a loving manner. You can say, well, we can agree to disagree. But uh, if you're going to believe in, in God, if you're going to believe in Christ that is presented in Scripture, um, He is the only source of true wisdom and knowledge. Um, it, uh, Paul continues to go on and says, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power, um, that it is all found uh, in Christ. Um, then uh, it continues on, it kind of starts getting into some, you know, the idea of, of being religious, of legalism, legalism uh, religious rituals, things like that. Um, it says, uh, verse 12, you were buried uh, with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith and the working of God who raised him from the dead. I love that picture. You're buried with Christ. Whenever you're baptized, you were raised to live a new life in him. Um, and uh, it says, and you having been dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, um, having forgiven all your trespasses, having wiped out uh, the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. Uh, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing, oh, triumphing over, over them, all the principalities and power. You know, the, I, and I talk a lot about the spiritual battle that we are, we are in. Well, the victory is already won, um, but the battle is still raging. Um, and um, it's important for us to understand the, the, the difference, that we engage the battle from a position of victory, um, not from defeat. Um, so then it, it talks about, so let no one judge uh, the food you drink, the, the, uh, the, uh, the food you eat, the things that you drink in regard to festivals or new moon, right? Um, uh, then it, it continues, it says, let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding, uh, into those things which is not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, not holding fast to the head uh, from whom the body nourished and knit together by joints, ligament grows with its increase that is from God. As you read that in a few different translations, it becomes a little more clear what he's talking about here is that there will be those people who are religious that think that you should worship in cer certain ways and that here, here's the false humility that you should have. Of course, they wouldn't use that term. Uh, here's how you should go about uh, worshiping. You should, uh, here, here's, you should worship angels. You should see visions. You know, all of these things that are in addition to. 
And it doesn't mean all of them are wrong, um, but those are not necessary um, to, uh, to find uh, your hope in Christ. Uh, verse 20, Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of this world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle. Again, these are those human-made, worldly rituals that we have created, um, which all concern things which perish uh, with using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. Right? So, so he's saying, don't, don't, don't look religious. Don't look like you, uh, you know, that, that your goal is just to make it look like you're a good Christian. No, live it out. Right? Um, being a, a good follower of Christ is not uh, about the rituals that you go through. It's about how you live your life, how you engage with other people, um, your perspective, your attitude, your emotions, all of those things. And that's what chapter 3 gets into. It says, if you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ. When Christ, who, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, now he gets very specific here, right? He's starting to uh, kind of put uh, examples to what he's talking about. Therefore, put to death your members uh, which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Uh, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man um, with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. Right, so, so we put off those worldly things, those uh, sinful things, and we put on uh, Christ. And in Christ, all the, the human things that separate us, whether it's ethnicity, whether it's uh, from your country, whether it's color and race, creed, whatever it may be, it is Christ who unites us. Um, and then it goes in chapter, or verse 12 of chapter 3, uh, has the character of the new person. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with, a, with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you, must, uh, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, uh, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, and then it has the Christian home, the household codes. Uh, we're going to get more into this in Ephesians. Um, but um, one thing that's very important, there's a cultural thing. Roman families had household codes. Uh, that was extremely important, and they became very suspic suspicious 
if uh, a group came in that did not have household code codes of how things were ordered and and you know the values that they had one thing that is obviously different and and it's so stupid we we uh, we get so frustrated because it says wives submit to your own husbands okay and we hear that and think that that's a uh, that's um, a, a putting worth um, of the husband above the wife. That is not what that's doing at all. In fact, if you compare the household codes, the household codes of the Bible are tell the husband to love his wife. Roman household codes were to, told the husband how to rule over his wife. This was a radical departure, a radical change, but it had the household codes so Romans, Rome wouldn't be, it's like, oh, who is, what is this group with their principles? No, they still had the household codes of, how, of the order of how the household was to work. Um, we have butchered this. Satan has used that one word to submit, um, to just destroy um, so much and cause so much chaos, which that's what he does. Um, and just understand as you read that, this is a radically progressive view of how men and women interact and how husbands treated wives than what the normal household codes of the day were. Um, Chapter 4 continues, um, verse 2, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in thanksgiving, praying also for us that God would open a door for us, uh, for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom to the towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Now, what does that mean there? Um, yes, we speak in grace, but salt um, gives, gives flavor, gives, uh, that preserves. Um, the, the truth that we speak is what gives meaning to life. So we say it in grace, yes. But we, we, we make sure that we are telling what is true, um, that we are supposed to be uh, salt and light to the world around us, um, pointing the world to Christ and Christ alone. Uh, the rest of chapter four is just kind of uh, closing uh, blessings that Paul normally does. All right. Um, on Thursday, we'll go ahead and start into Ephesians. Let's do the first three chapters of Ephesians. So Ephesians one through three. All right, we'll see you then.